The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty. That is Danny Carter. It is Tuesday afternoon. We have two Monday night football games to break down, including one of the worst injuries we're going to have all year. Nick Chubb done for the year with multiple torn knee ligaments. We'll discuss the fallout from that, even though it looks like it's going to be pretty simple. It looks like it's going to be Jerome, Jerry Ford. It's maybe the killer app off waivers this season. We'll talk about what is going on with the Browns passing attack. Uh, Kenny... George, excuse me, George Pickens is maybe getting into the wide receiver two mix with Deontay Johnson on injured reserve with his hamstring injury. If there's any hope for the Steelers rushing attack, and then uh, maybe we'll talk about Saints-Panthers. That's hard to think of a worse game than Saints-Panthers, which didn't really – doesn't profile that way necessarily on paper. But, you know, I'm a volume tweeter during live sporting events, and I was watching Saints-Panthers. I have nothing to say about this game. Uh, What what could you say? Except for for when they started using Taysom – yeah, that did bring out the 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 inner tweet beast. But bit. but I mean, it, um, I I do think any Panthers game this year is going to be unwatchable. You know, you know the meme. My, my T-shirt is answering a lot of questions, or is raising a lot of questions already answered by my shirt. Yeah, uh, we got one of those from Frank Reich when he said he wasn't going to give up play calling. I'm like, man, has anyone even? It's been two games. Is anyone even <laughs> asking that yet? And. Uh, Seems like that uh, he's feeling on the hot seat about his play calling already. It's pretty bleak. It's pretty bleak. Uh, he should maintain play calling, by the way. But, uh, oh boy, Bryce Young is uh, going through it at the moment. Yeah, Bryce Young looking a little tiny out on the old NFL field, which Denny could not stop talking about. He's a shortest. Uh, you know, he's, he's too short, too small. Denny, there's I mean, a lot of – I'm sure we have a lot of short listeners. Neither one of us are more than average height. I'm just surprised how fixated you are on us all the time. That's not true. That's not true. You're, you're six foot. So. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop that, it. I mean, come I, on. I project largeness is what I'll say. You know who doesn't project anything, by the way, except for pain and misery is those chargers. Just wondering if you had anything to <laughs> shovel some dirt on the chargers before we start the show well, proper. I do. Yeah. How is every Chargers game the exact same as the old tweet goes? And how is every Chargers season the exact same? We hyped them all summer. I was like, surely. I mean, this time, it, like, come on, man. It like, has to be different. This has time. to count. Has to count. Uh, uh, to I mean, you, you, you raised, I think, an important question in uh, your piece that's on the site right now. 
uh, your your uh, what is it called Sunday, Sunday aftermath? We can never remember the Sunday name of each other's columns. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. it doesn't really roll off the tongue. The important thing is that I read it, and and, and I will say that the the question, and it's been ringing in my head since I read it. Did the char- <laughs> did the Chargers build their stadium? <laughs> did the Chargers build their stadium over another a Chargers burial ground? And and I you know look, look burial grounds were huge in the eighties. Every everybody was burying uh, was building stuff on burial grounds. <laughs> I think the Chargers need to look into this because <laughs> there's there there is no other explanation. I should say earthly explanation for why every single game is like this why can they not just be normal it really makes absolutely no sense and it transcended philip rivers it transcended norv turner those were two like the big oh. factors like this is probably norv right norv's gone this is probably philip rivers now they have like like the, the straight and narrow justin herbert and it's still him brandon staley is supposed to be the analytics king is this coming apart at the seams oh <laughs> Staley is coming apart at the seams he's punting on fourth and inches from the opponent's territory what That's in the enough. world is going on yeah. like i i joked about staley having the analytics beat out of him but but i mean truly all of the analytics has been beat out of him because that that's a mike variable call there it, he he's he's coming unglued he already has like a full beard like it's week yeah, two, man. Like for, you're not a beard guy for one thing, Brandon Staley, and it's week two. You shouldn't already have a full beard. Like he's no, he hasn't like spent a night not on a sofa since probably yeah. like June third. He's just so like, racked with stress. I mean, I I get that coaches, head coaches in the NFL have to pretend like they sleep at the office and like their job requires twenty four hour. Uh, 24 hours a day. It, it doesn't, obviously. It really doesn't. Like, have you ever just considered winning football games? Yeah. I mean, come on, come on. You could definitely work eight hours and go play golf. Like that. <laughs> that you like. I'm, I promise you could do that. Like Mike McDaniel said, he doesn't shower for four days. Come on, come on. You don't need to do that. You work eight hours. Go home. Have a have a nice dinner and a beer. Go to bed. Just one thing with the Chargers, real quick. I, well, there so much hype for Kellen Moore. He's gonna you know attack the defense's weaknesses. You know he's gonna game plans or team specific game plans which in you know and we normally like Chargers go super run heavy in week one and lose super pass heavy in week two and lose. maybe just do what you're good at i don't even know what you're good at necessarily you're kind of good at everything but um yeah, I, yeah, this but is just a gratuitous pot shot here i think kellen moore's probably still gonna be good for the Chargers. well yeah look the, the the chargers are like a pop star who wants to be a, a you know sort of good at everything so the pop star does a little music, does a little acting, has has a uh, a clothing line, but has a samba a, album. Even yeah, has a main right, has a cologne line, and it all it's all very mediocre. And, and you know they don't do anything well. That's that's the Chargers right now. That's the Chargers. Uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about the Los Angeles Chargers as the 2023 season rolls on. But the Monday night doubleheader. We'll start with game two of said doubleheader. The Steelers outlasting the Browns. This is a true outlasting uh, game where neither team was good. Two defensive touchdowns for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe it was the first time they had done that since 2010. Now, they really needed them because they did absolutely nothing on offense. But we have to start with Nick Chubb, who was the one player performing competently. And then just the one guy that just everyone agrees on in this game, both from like wanting to root from him for him like from a greatness perspective, because you're witnessing greatness when you witness Nick Chubb. I believe in the Super Bowl era, ESPN had a stat last night that he has the third highest yards per carry 
behind uh, Jamal Charles and Bo Jackson. And just a superstar, a fantasy superstar. Uh, but one of those injuries where the second you saw it happen, you knew his season was over. Yeah. Um, they had only one plan B, a very, very untested plan B, second-year pro Jerome Ford, who had barely touched the ball as a rookie. He came in and immediately basically scored a 70-yard touchdown, but just totally yeah. ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time people are listening to this, they've probably already done their waivers, but Nick Chubb, or excuse me, Jerome Ford is kind of looking as close to like an RB2, maybe RB1 plug-and-play as you'll find on the waiver wire this year. And he's going to be a not in my league superstar. I already got that. I tweeted about it. And you know, he's like available in like 89% of Yahoo right. leagues, but every person from the 11% is like, well, he's owned in my league. Um, right. He, oh, he was taken in the fourth that. round. Yeah. My league. Um, did you ever consider that, that he's been rostered in my league since he, the day he was drafted? And but I, I have him in a league, by the way, or, uh, against Jeff Ratcliffe, industry friend Jeff Ratcliffe. I lost J.K. Dobbins. Then I lost Austin Eckler down so ferociously bad. I had to start <laughs> Jerome Ford, and then he flipped the matchup. <laughs> so, oh, uh, man. With the caveat that he's a not-in-my-league superstar, Jerome Ford is widely available and basically hard to poke a hole in his case, is it not? It is. I mean – you know, if you're if you're like me and and you did the zero RB thing, uh, you you got to go in on Jerome Ford. For, first of all, you probably you probably have it. Not probably you might have Jerome Ford already. So if that's the case, you're good. You're set. Um, if not, then I, I you got to get crazy on waiver on on you your, your free agent bidding. Like, don't get conservative. Don't outthink yourself. Don't wonder. Oh, will this person in my league do this or that? Don't examine every roster. Just get crazy with Jerome Ford and 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 go in and get him because really he projects to be an eighteen to twenty touch guy going forward in this offense. It could be even more than that, and just a very versatile guy because they kind of wanted him to be a pass catcher. He was a workhorse his final season in college at the University of Cincinnati. He might have been a workhorse before that. I just saw someone tweet his final year college line at the University of Cincinnati, where he was kind of like Duke Johnson, where he, he got funneled into like a pass-catching role early in his career, even though he hasn't really even done that role yet, but was a three-down guy in college. And they just they don't have a plan. They're going to sign somebody. They're going to promote somebody. But it doesn't seem like anyone, including the Browns, has interest in bringing back Kareem Hunt I mean Leonard Fournette at this point. I mean, not, not trying to be funny. I mean, who knows what kind of shape Leonard Fournette is in. There's probably a reason he hasn't been getting calls, probably a reason he hasn't signed that – not that was unfair, but just, there's no one out there that's just be like, all right, they're going to obviously sign this guy and he's going to stabilize their backfield. Yeah, and no. Jerome, and I'm just going through the teams. So you try to look for like really clean situations where like if a starter gets injured, the backup is just going to go nuts and it doesn't really exist. The Bills, that wouldn't happen. The Patriots, that wouldn't happen. Didn't happen with the Ravens. It would happen with the Steelers, but Jalen Warren is already widely rostered. Yeah. It would happen with the Titans, but Tajay Spears is already pretty widely rostered. Maybe Zamir White with the Raiders. Maybe. Um, there's just not many, there's not even many opportunities for like a guy to come in and inherit the kind of workload Jerome Ford is going to inherit for a guy that was lightly rostered. So Jerome Ford, just yeah, pull out all the stops to add Jerome Ford, I would say. Like, yeah, I would I say it. start at 70% and go. Yes. From there. And also, you know, for those who are, you know, feel really good at running back, who have like two, possibly three running backs who you can play every week, you know, I don't think there's any reason to go all in on Jerome Ford. 
uh, when you can save it for maybe, you know, a wide receiver or somebody else who pops up later in the season. Ever, you know, we're heading into week three. It's, it's Receivers don't pop up that often, though. I, I'm a big believer, and you should spend most of your fab early in the year. Mostly on – the only time receivers emerge really is early in the year, Danny Carter. I, I guess if you want to get galaxy-brained, you could – and we, and we do like to do that. We, you, you could get Ford and then look, you know, trade them. I don't know, like maybe, but that, that's create a lot of extra work for yourself. That stuff doesn't work. You know, like th- this whole idea that I'm going to get all the good players and trade them that, you know, when, when does that work? No one wants to trade. The teams that draft that way always start the season. zero and four. Like I could have <laughs> yeah, sworn someone was going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, right. Oh, I have, I have four quarterback ones. So I took Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts. And then the phone though is not ringing. Maybe my spam blocker is too good and the calls aren't coming through. Right. I've called Comcast and yeah. they say that my phone should be working. Fine. <laughs> I don't think we're in the, the mobile business, Denny. I mean, my home phone, which I use. Uh, do you have a Comcast? Comcast has phones? Yeah. Really? Do they? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No, no. Uh, seems well, like we, we should look into that. I think we should look into the rather the Shineheart wig company still makes toasters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but hey, home phones are coming back. They, are, they actually should. I miss the, the Zoomers. Will not know how no. clear a landline sounded. Oh, so clear. You pull up a landline. It was like the person's like sitting right by you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally, I mean, totally now my though. my iPhone is 14 years old, so it's <laughs> it sounds like I'm communicating with someone in the jungles of Vietnam. But but uh, uh, you know the 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 modern iPhones are, are pretty good. Not on my phone. Um, so yeah, but Keontae Ingram, I like, is a guy who could end up being worth a lot on waivers. Yeah, he's in such a bad offense. But I, there's just not many clean cut situations like Jerome Ford out there. So we like Jerome Ford as the one for one replacement for Nick Chubb. Do we like anything else about this Cleveland Browns offense, which was absolutely horrific in Pittsburgh? Yeah. A pick six, a fumble six from Deshaun Watson. Amari Cooper playing at far less than 100% did have a good game, but Deshaun Watson has done nothing for Donovan Peoples-Jones through two games. He's done nothing for Dave, for David Njoku through two games. He's not sparking anybody. Uh, this issues look very, very serious. It, 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 again, looks like a square peg in a round hole. We right. thought that Deshaun right. Watson and Kevin Stefanski would get this figured out over the offseason. Two fairly good divisional defenses so far. I mean, there will be easier matchups, but man, it is hard to have any optimism about the Browns' offense right now. It is. I, I will say though, uh, Amari Cooper has, you know, all the signals of kind of a runaway wide receiver one in this offense. He leads the team in first read targets. In fact, only nine receivers in the whole league have more first read targets than Amari Cooper through two weeks. He leads the team in air yard share and target share. It just it all lines up to like he's the only really reliable game in town uh, as long as as long as he's healthy. I just really quick wanted to mention in, in looking through the Cleveland uh, uh, receiving stats, uh, David Bell has done a lot with a little uh, really good uh, targets per route run leads the team in that category. If he can get a little more run, I, I think he could he might be interesting, but he would have to really work his way up the uh, depth chart. And I, I don't, I don't know if that's uh, in the cards. Really important week for the Browns. The Titans are, they're never a defense you want to face. I don't want to face Mike Vrabel. They erase the run, but they bleed against the pass. They did last year. They have mm-hmm. through two games this year, both Derek mm-hmm. Carr and Justin Herbert really stuffed the stat sheet against the Titans. The Browns have to show something against the Titans this Sunday. Cause then it's the Ravens. Then it's the 49ers before it finally eases mm-hmm. up. And the Colts and Seahawks and Cardinals. 
So they really need to show something if the Titans this week. Or it might be time for like full-blown panic about the Browns passing attack. One thing they should do is talk to Deshaun Watson about not grabbing def- uh, defenders' face masks and dragging them to the Ooh. ground. That 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 seems to What be was going on with him Monday? Because he, he threw like every time there was a sideline ball, it was eight yards out of bound. And like yeah. a ball guy was catching it. And like, you know, like, like totally like wasn't expecting it. He like knocked over a ball guy. Like why was every pass eight to 10 yards out of bounds? But, sure. but also like he, does he know that you can't just grab someone's face mask and then yank them to the ground and then it throw like the he ball? didn't know that. I, I think that right. I think that he, I think he that thought was his, it was like a stiff arm loophole. I think that it was his strategy. Like, oh, I can now. What I'll do is grab this guy's face mask, throw him to the turf, and then set up and throw the ball. That's allowed, right? And yeah. no, it's not. It was a wild scene. Opposite of a wild scene was the Steelers' offense work. Danny, you tweeted. I tweeted something to this effect recently to a. Uh, sure looked good against that fourth string Falcons defense <laughs> yeah. in the preseason and. Mike Tomlin every day is tweeting free the uh, Eagles second team defense. I can't remember who they faced in the summer, but it looked really good against backups where he posted literally a perfect passer rating. Kenny Pickett, nothing but the sort through two games. He's only had Deontay Johnson for one half. He's not going to have Deontay Johnson for at least three more games. That's very bad, but it's the NFL injuries are going to happen. He did kind of make George Pickens happen week week two. Allen Robinson predictably, Totally vanished after his week one. Uh, Pat Fryermuth concerningly remained invisible. Did we see enough? George, I think it was George Pickens' biggest compiling game so far, at least from a yardage perspective as a yes. pro. What did we see? Did we did we like what we see from George Pickens? Can we get him into the top twenty-four? Yeah, I mean, I guess I was way off here. I I, I don't know. I kind of had some hope that Allen Robinson would be a, a, a PPR scammy uh, type play. But no, no, he eleven and a half percent target share uh, against the Browns. Yeah, Pickens dominated. I mean, you know, he he has he has a lot of dog, and so he is an alpha uh, in that regard. Thirty percent target share against the Browns, sixty six percent air yard share last night. He was targeted on thirty two percent of his routes, which is very strong. I mean, it's it's like exactly what you want to see. I guess as long as Deontay Johnson is out. Uh, George Pickens has this role and can be, I think, started confidently as a, I don't know, top 18, top 20 uh, receiver. Is that too much? That is a little too much. I would say top 30 for sure, meaning at least mid-range wide receiver three. My initial week three rankings, I did sneak him into the top 24. I sort of think as I dig more into the the data and just the box scores that might end up matchups, might seem a little too high. So the one hole you can poke in his box score, from Monday night, 71 of his 127 yards came on one catch. But A, that's his skill set. Big plays are part of the package with George Pickens, so you can't hold like his primary skill against him. And then, like you said, the target share and the air yard share is what really popped and can give you confidence about his usage. And someone we were ranking outside the top 30 coming into this week, at least I was, uh, inside the top 30 for sure. You could argue inside the top 24, and you can maybe even – this time next week, are you inside the top 18, just depending on how things go? Yeah, so, I, I think a, I think A-Rob can be safely dropped. A-Rob can be, yeah. I mean, A-Rob should have never been added. I don't think we ever advocated that on this website. No, before. I don't think so. But Calvin Austin, Calvin Austin's interesting, I will say. I, if we could get if we could get some more playing time for this incredibly electric playmaker, 
I think Calvin Austin could be interesting as a distant number two receiver behind Pickens. And he kind of seems like he likes to go sideways, which Matt Canada absolutely loves. Calvin Austin was going <laughs> sideways. He was going sideways a lot in week one. So he's a fit for the offense. Uh, any hope for the Steelers rushing attack? Second straight dud for Najee Harris. Second straight game or leave Jalen Warren cut at least four or five passes. Our, the warning our, lights are not stopping blinking for Najee yeah. Harris. Look, uh, our industry friend, Davis Maddock, asked the question, and I thought it was a good question, and it made me think, how many touches would Najee Harris need to score 10 fantasy points? Oh, come on. And, uh, you know, it could be, what, 12, 15, like, I- I- including goal line work? I- I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it's just obviously not going to happen. The only way that this Pittsburgh rushing attack, if you want to call it that, can get better is if Jalen Warren gets more run like that. And that's it. Also, if they completely abandon the run would be another thing they could do. And then as I say that, I'm thinking of how bad Kenny Pickett has been. So I don't know. I don't, I I don't really know what the answer is for improving the run game, except for uh, maybe replacing it with a bunch of, bunch of short passes specifically to Jalen Warren. Very hard to do without Deontay Johnson, but Short passes, Jalen Warren, maybe some of Calvin Austin certainly seems yeah, like that's right. going to be the plan. And our plan is to take a very quick break. We will be back after this. It's an old-time AFC rivalry renewed on Sunday night as T.J. Watt and the aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers travel to the desert to face Devontae Adams and the Raiders in Las Vegas. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon Music, Let's head to amazon.com slash NBC sports. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Denny, uh, do you have anything at all to say about Saints-Panthers? Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Low on takeaways from this game, so hopefully you have some. A little bit. Uh, first of all, if the you know Saints go into week three all banged up at running back, Jamal Williams had to leave the game. We're going to see about his practice participation this week. Uh, Tony Jones, who is inevitable apparently, uh, served as the lead back, scored two touchdowns on a Jerome Bettis-like uh, stat line. Uh if that continues, I think that then Taysom Hill becomes a thing. He just he just does in the in this offense. Like they they clearly they're clearly they paid him a lot of money. They're going to use him when they when they have to. 
And so we have to consider plugging him into the tight end spot if you can do that in your league. Um, I wasn't sure where you were going to go with this, and you went you went Taysom Hill, huh? Well, I mean, I have stuff on, on uh, Jonathan Mingo as well, if you're into that. You went Taysom Hill, huh? I did, man, nine carries for 75. Nine yards. carries? I paid the price for channel surfing during this game, apparently. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, you can kind of pencil him in for like seven rushing attempts next <sighs> week if Jamal Williams is out. I mean, Jamal Williams great. is going to be out, by the way. Well, I don't know. No, it's David Montgomery is the one. <laughs> They're really, really weird. I'm uh, mixing up my Jamal Williams rollbacks. Jamal Williams, it didn't seem very good. He got the, the downgrade. It's a short week. It's a soft tissue injury in the hamstring. But I, they could force the issue, though, because Kendra Miller was a healthy scratch. They clearly don't think he's ready. Tony Jones is Tony Jones. I would consider with the short week and the hamstring, I would consider Jamal Williams very much on the wrong side of questionable. Yeah. And, and so that, that makes Taysom interesting. We, it's, it's very hard to predict Taysom's usage except for in these circumstances. This is that, that that's what I would like to say. That's a good um, point. That's a good point about old Taysom. And yeah, I was going to ask you about the Panthers receivers. Yeah. If anyone was catching your fancy and it sounds like someone is. Oh man. My fancy has been caught. I will say uh, by uh, Jonathan Mingo, a rookie. Uh, 91% route rate through week two. That leads the uh, all Panthers pa- pass catchers. Uh, he's seeing 45% of the air yards and leads the team with an 18.5% target share. Uh, the problem is that Bryce Young is extremely conservative, which was predictable. I mean, you know, it's, it, the, the size, the arm strength, the nature of the offense. Um, 7% downfield passing rate for Bryce Young through two games. That ranks Pat 27th out of 30 qualifying quarterbacks. Surprised the ranks um, that high. That's pretty yeah. huge indictment that it's not dead last. Well, a bit, but it's the too high safety thing that that crushes. Uh, Josh Allen is well below that, by the way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like Allen, Burrow, Mahomes, their whole existence is just throwing four yards past the line of scrimmage now, which is which is awesome for fans. That's fun. That's fun to watch. Is just checkdowns to tight ends. Uh, for three hours a day on Sundays. Yeah, we really want a Dawson Knox season after they use a first round pick on a tight end. We love yeah, that's that's why I watch football. I want to see so. Dawson Knox catch a three yard pass and fall down. And 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 I I don't want anything downfield. I want three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh I want real football. That's well the thing is if you, if we were getting re- any real football, the downfield passing would immediately return because then defense would have to account for the run game. No. Teams refusing to run no, is why this is happening. That is it. It isn't it. Uh, uh defenses are begging offenses to to do that, to run four yards at a time. Go ahead, do that. Yeah, we'll we'll take are. that all day. Okay, and that and that's what and and so who cares? Four yards at a time, we'll, we'll take that. Uh, so it, they're the only way out of of two high safety hell is a rule change for the NFL, and and I'm begging the NFL to ban the two high safety look. Or we're gonna look very strongly into finding more Derrick Henrys. I'll just no, say that. No, no, no. We are. Stop. No, we are. Stop. <laughs> look, they banned the shift. They banned the shift in baseball. That that's that that's a precedent, okay? Like we we can we can do this. We can make the game more interesting by stopping the two safety hellscape that we're in. You want to make football? I'm not going to finish that thought. Um, I mean, watchable is what make, I would say. Make football watchable. I'm not going to say the final word though. Um, all right, M- more. Ah, come on. <laughs> 
Stop. <laughs> uh, come on. Uh, that's all right. Saquon injury. Saquon injury. Danny Saquon Barkley. Another fairly major injury, but of course we're getting really into the semantics with this major injury, which by all appearances is a high ankle sprain. You're not usually in tears being like helped off the field by two players for like a, a normal ankle roll. And now we're hearing that it's an ordinary high ankle sprain, or maybe it's just an ordinary sprain, whatever it is, he's not playing in week three against the San Francisco 49ers on a short week on Thursday night football. seems like he's going to miss multiple games, at least two or three. This is another backfield. We're kind of like the Browns. It's a cut and replace type situation for Matt Breida. But we don't know. Gary Brightwell could maybe be involved. Rookie Eric Gray, who's been returning punts, could be involved. What do we tell people about the Saquon situation in the fall, especially since it begins with such a tough matchup in the San Francisco 49ers on a short week? A much much less appealing plug-and-play spot for Matt Breida than it is for Jerome Ford. Well, I I will say the Giants are going to put on a brave face and, and say that Saquon's fine, and they're already saying this, okay? They're saying he's made a lot of progress. He has a good chance to suit up on Thursday. Um, Brian Dable There's said There's no way in hell. He I, I, I know. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But but they're, they're going to they're gonna pretend here, okay? And then they're going to pretend because they have 11 days off after that. And all those 11 days, it's going to be Saquon's good. It's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's going he's gonna to play, and he's not going to play. So no, you, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, you really do have to prepare yourself. He's not going to play this Thursday. He's not going to play the following week. And go from there. Brita is not, I, I don't think that there's any universe where he dominates this backfield where suddenly uh, he, you know, he, he takes 15, 18 carries a game here. Gary Brightwell will mix in. They have another running back whose name I can't remember. It's Eric Gray. He's a fifth round rookie. He, yeah. He, he's on, been on special teams so far. He has been active. So he's been up yeah. on Sundays. So, uh, so I think, I think the Daniel Jones truthers and drafters, I think, I think you found an out. And congratulations on that, uh, because you know you you found out in that the the Giants had to try to score points last week uh, after falling down to the Cardinals. That's great. Now you have the the team's best rusher is out. I think Daniel Jones, you know, rushing opportunity is probably going to increase. That's great for his fantasy prospects. So I think I, I think actually the main takeaway here is that Daniel Jones becomes playable against the Niners. It's just such a horrible, horrible matchup. It is. But I do agree that Daniel Jones's legs going to be maybe the only like, surefire weapon they have on Thursday night. And even if the passing game is getting totally locked down, we're going to have to see some Daniel Jones. It, it's a good take for me is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm uh, not getting him in the top 12. I will never just get Daniel Jones into the top 12. Yeah. Neither will Daniel Jones. For that no, matter. he won't. But, but, okay, but real quick on Brita. Um it's not a Ford. It's not a Jerome Ford situation at all. Uh, as a zero RB bro, I am not actually interested at all in, in Matt Breida. It's much more of a Justice Hill type situation with yeah. a little more. We at least know just, or excuse me, we at least know Matt Breida will be leading whatever committee develops. I think we can safely say that it's probably going to be a committee. Matt Breida will be leading it. Justice Hill, we didn't even know if he'd be leading it, and then he really wasn't leading it in week two. He was getting a lot of it, but. He will be – if you're really, really in need of a running back, Matt Brito will be leading this committee. And you can t- hope for some receptions, maybe for some goal line carries. It's going to be pretty hard for the Giants to get to the goal line, I'll say. 
against yeah. the 49ers. This is going to be bad. What's the line on this game? I'm looking this up real quick. Eight and a half, I think. Ooh, 10 points. Niners catching 10 points at home. The 45 total. Uh, still not much of a projected team total for the Giants there. It could have been worse, I guess. And <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't might, know how, but might get worse. Al Michaels. Since Al Michaels doesn't work for NBC anymore. We can joke about him. He is going to be falling asleep during this game. <laughs> very very sleepy during this I, I i have to respect al for still acting and speaking like gambling is not uh widely legal no it's amazing that is an amazing bit and al was still amazing but i mean al, al still talks about the uh the point spread the total the over all of it as if it's 1988 and and he's not allowed to say it explicitly and i th- thank you al for keeping that up it is amazing. al by the way to his great credit knows who all the players are kirk herb street is still sometimes like i this jamar chase well, yeah you know, well the things he did for lsu i think might translate to the pros uh, yeah then- no al michaels no he no, al michaels is up on i mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a little fantasy honestly nah, he, uh, there's no way no no a little like a little dfs maybe i don't know but al, but yeah al michaels dfs huh? kirk kirk herbstreet would do well to have one fantasy team he would kirk herbie needs a fantasy team real real bad herbie thankfully is a really good announcer but he could know a little more about these nfl players i can say uh, we could know a little more about Joe Burrow's health than he, because we don't know a whole lot. He aggravated the calf. They're being very cagey. This situation where I don't necessarily think cagey means out. I think the Bengals are just genuinely uncertain. They're also genuinely desperate after yet another 0-2 start. I could see them really pushing the envelope and getting Joe Burrow out there for next Monday night against the Rams. He does thankfully have an extra day to get healthy. But – just a bad situation that did not need another variable of the quarterback now essentially playing on one leg. Uh, what do we tell people about this Bengals offense? Back-to-back five-catch, 30-yard performances for Jamar Chase. You were down just horrific if Jamar Chase was your first-round pick. <laughs> I'm down extremely bad in several leagues where I use like a fifth or sixth-round pick on Joe Burrow. Uh, what do we tell people? I, I, I don't even know what to tell people about this Bengals offense right now. All right, so just real, just just from an actionable standpoint, okay, and that's that we, we try to do that occasionally be, be, between <laughs> between listening to ourselves talk. Um, if if Jake Browning starts for the Bengals this Monday, uh, you, you listen, you're playing Puka Nakua over Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, I, I'm. Was about to scoff at that. I mean, I have Puka ranked wide receiver eleven right now. So. Yeah, uh, oh, I mean, and you you could do a lot better than 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 Chase. I think. Uh, also, if you're for some reason like desperate to start Joe Burrow this Monday, you're, I mean, you're not going to know. You're not going to know till Monday, till inactives come out probably or, or shortly before that. So I guess here, my best, my only advice here would be pick up Matthew Stafford off the waiver wire and then play him if Burrow doesn't go. That's that's your best shot there. That's a really good idea. And unfortunately, the game is in Cincinnati. We would get an earlier clue if we're on the West Coast, whether or not Joe Burrow made the road trip. Yeah. We're not going to get the, the road trip clue. Saturday, we will get an official question. He's probably just not going to practice, and he's going to get a questionable tag Saturday. It's going to be like, so like, okay, we're still where we were at on Tuesday. It's right. going to be a major information vacuum. I think the fact that they're 0-2 – and the fact that it's an injury that's just going to maybe be with him all year, I think he's probably just going to gut it out and play. And the it's, effectiveness it's really, will be quite it's a bad, question. man. It's bad. I mean, he was on the sideline uh, using a little uh, massage gun on his yeah. on his calf, and then 
uh, scene, like openly like cursing and like looking to the sky after the game. Like this wasn't particularly good. No, I, I I think this is a major major problem. And maybe they should just give him off a game or two. They should. They absolutely should. They probably. But I feel like they gave him so much time off and it didn't even get better then. When is their buy? Looking this up real quick. Yeah, I mean, I I think if they were to have it to do over again, they probably would have held them out at least opening day. Their buy is in week seven. That's four games from now. No way he's getting shut down. No. So they might. They should shut him down against the Rams and have him come back against the Titans. Although Jeffrey Simmons would probably like impale him if he's like immobile. Uh, I don't. There's no good options for the big balls. Basically, no. It seems that way. No good. So we had a little action. Jake Browning, by the way, I will rank ahead of Zach Wilson. Like not a bit, not a joke. Yeah, I will. Any living, breathing quarterback who starts, I will continue to rank ahead of Zach Wilson. Yeah, you you gotta, you gotta <laughs> do it, and you gotta listen to this promo. We'll be right back after this. Now that the NFL season is full is in full swing, we've got you covered. In addition to our three shows a week of the Road World Football Show, check out the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Barry and Bet the Edge every weekday. You can watch the Happy Hour at noon and 4 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. It's also available on the NFL and NBC Sports YouTube page. And Bet the Edge drops Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. on our NBC Sports YouTube page. Both shows are also available wherever you listen to podcasts. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Booyah kasha, Denny Carter. <laughs> I say that unironically. Um, Anthony hey. Richardson. Uh, Real quick. Say, yeah. Real quick. My Orioles clinched a playoff spot. Let's go. I did. No thanks to the Cardinals, who took two or three in Baltimore last yeah, year. Yeah, I know. How dare you, first of all. <laughs> And uh, shouts to Adam Wainwright on career victory number 200 Monday evening. Adam Wainwright is a fantasy football sicko, by the way. Yeah, cool. Fantasy football, true, true sicko. So, didn't, they, didn't they dedicate their entire season to getting him that win? They did. It became a Mike Evans situation where once it was clear the year was done in like May, the only goal came – to get him 200 wins. And he was only five away to begin the year. He would normally have like nine or 10 wins by the all-star break. Uh, but he was real bad this year. And we being the St. Louis Cardinals were real bad this year, didn't he? And it became the Mike Evans pursuit of two, two, 1000 yards. Yeah. Uh, thankfully he got there with two starts to spare. So St. Louis is, is breathing easy today. Denny Carter. Well, there you go. Uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, as I put, I feel like maybe somewhat 
cornily in my article. Is that even a word? Cornily? <laughs> cornily? <laughs> That's um, funny. Hokily? I don't know. So we, we saw the promise and the peril of his playing style on Sunday where two rushing touchdowns in the first five minutes. And when we say rushing touchdowns, we mean like real deal rushing touchdowns. This wasn't him being like pushed by his linemen. It wasn't him like diving over the top and barely breaking the plane with the football. It was a 15-yard touchdown, an 18-yard touchdown, special stuff, like rarefied air, dual threat skill set. Skill set. Then we saw the, the risk when you play that kind of style. Concussion one week after he banged his knee and just already taking hits basically. And it, I just don't know – if. It, almost guaranteed. I feel like the Colts are going to throttle off this when he comes back, at least for a few games, just to try to keep him out there, let him develop, and like almost not even worried about winning whatever those few games are, and basically just try to string together some healthy, healthy performances for maybe unleashing him the way he was in weeks one or two. What are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson? Yeah, I mixed, saw mixed start. I saw uh, Shane Steichen say that. Richardson, basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he needs to get accustomed to the speed of the game. And that's that's not something that has happened yet. And I think you can kind of see it because uh, Richardson is taking taking some hits. Like in week one, I covered that game for us, and, and he, he was walloped a few times where he could have easily avoided those hits. I just, I just don't – I don't really think that the speed of defenders – has registered with, with Anthony Richardson yet. Hopefully that happens, but really like, I, I see what you're saying with the, with the throttling off. I, I, I don't, I don't see him um, being able to do that in this, in this offense. And it's, it's just like we talk about with Josh Allen. Like you can, you can say all you want about, well, Josh Allen needs to run less. Josh Allen's still going to run. He's still going to helicopter over, a three defenders for no reason, like like on, on like second and short. Okay, uh, so I I don't I don't think you can take that out of his game. Um, hopefully he doesn't you know miss too much time with this uh, with this brain injury. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if he sat one game though. I feel like he's probably going to sit one game for sure. Kind of just just a reset. Uh, maybe as much about the knee injury as the head injury, and the knee injury did not end up being a concern, but I, I thought he took like a headshot on week one, even. And so at first I was worried that maybe this was like a lingering effect from week one. And it was, it wasn't CBS ended up finding the shot. It was one of those awful things where his head like hit off the turf. Like it was a basketball. It and, and it was after, it was after the play. I mean, it was it like, was. you know, the touchdown, the touchdown had been scored. He was, he was falling backwards, the defender, and I'm not blaming the defender, but the defender, just yanked him down at the last second and slammed his head. I, I, you know, I guess it's just one of those unavoidable things, but really, really unfortunate. I mean, I, you know, just from a football fan standpoint, I think we were going to see something special uh, against the Texans. They're playing the Ravens this week. I know we were going to see something special. The Colts, they're eight point dogs. The game is in Baltimore. I, I think, you know, the Colts aren't, don't really have Vegas's respect, but eight points kind of feels like Las Vegas, not expecting Anthony Richardson to play to me. Is that, is that a good take, or is that actually a horrible take? I don't really know that much about that. <laughs> well, someone who is good at the economy, tell me what to bet here. Uh, no, I, I actually, I think I think eight would be with with Richardson. No, producer Adam says that sounds like a without Richardson line. Okay, okay. So never. Owned. I'll go with that. I'll go with producer Adam. Never owned. You're never ever owned. Eight does seem. I think with Richardson, it'd be more like five and a half. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's not that common of a line. Maybe four and a half. But eight seemed very, very high. It seemed like a Gardner Minshew line. Let's put it that way. Uh, so I, I think they need to give him a game, too. They need to kind of just give him a reset. Uh, after back-to-back injury scares, and not a scare, like a real deal concussion. Very unfortunate. Denny Pukunakua, your most right take in a summer of running pure. Denny <laughs> Carter, right about everything. It's very wrong about our, our magazine cover guy, Tony Pollard. You were Yeah, I was. Horrifically wrong about that. Right, I think literally everything else, including being all in on Puka Nakua. You talked about him all summer. We made fun of you. Uh, 20 targets. 35 20. targets for two games. 50, at least 15 targets in both games. It'd be one thing if it was like 24 targets in like 11. The other game, it was at least 15 targets in back-to-back games. I mean, at least two more games without Cooper Cup, speaking of at least, we have to get him into the top 12, right? Again, you never try to overreact, but 15 targets merited a reaction in week one. We got him into the top 24, at least I did. Back-to-back 15-target games, you react very strongly to that. And I'm reacting by putting him in the top 12. Look, uh, yeah, it's it's a real it's a real deal. Like I, I I do appreciate the coping that's that's going on in the fantasy space where it's like, oh, Puka Nakua, it's a funny name. Man, this guy can't can't be real. And like, oh, other other bad players have had good games, but come on, let's <laughs> let's be let's be real about what's happening. Okay, Tw- he has 35 targets in two games. That doesn't happen. It does no. not happen. So, like you said in your column. The Sunday, the Sunday aftermath. Aftermath. I was going to say recap. The Sunday. It it is a recap. It's very much a recap. Like you said in that column again. I. I. The important thing is I read it. it, This has become now probably a problem for Cooper Cup. Like that's where we are. We're not talking about oh can he keep it up. We're talking about he will keep it up to the extent that hey if you drafted Cooper Cup thinking he was going to see twenty targets a game it's not happening. It's just simply not going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, N- Nakua is is the real deal. You you gotta you gotta start him. Like it, no matter your format, ten team format, you you still you still need to find a way uh, to start him. I was actually looking for a stat here real quick, and that's what you do on uh, you while recording the until you find the stat. Um, but yeah, so Puka Nakua has more first read targets than anyone in the NFL. Uh, you know, that's this is something you 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 can't dismiss that so it's it's real and it's happening i i think it goes without saying that once cooper cup is back of course the target share will go way down like you said i said in the article we all already know that we're not breaking news by saying puka nakua is not going to get 20 targets a game when cooper cup is back but i think some people might be in denial about what it will mean for cooper cup which like you said what i wrote like Cooper Cup is not the player you drafted anymore. I, I just don't think there's any way he's the player you drafted anymore. And it, like even expecting like 10 to 12 targets per game for Cooper Cup might be a little rich. And it's going to be more like that 8 to 10 range, which is still going to be solid wide receiver two usage. I think they both might end up more like wide receiver twos or they might alternate wide receiver one weeks. Or maybe Cooper Cup's is that much better and it will be silly. But So we know that Puka can't keep it up to quite this extent when Cooper Cup's back. But I, I think we have to acknowledge we're we're living in a different Cooper Cup world, and that is like the big big takeaway from the Puka explosion to me. Yeah, and, and Nakua is playing uh, on the outside primarily, so it's not, it's not like he's going to have to like rotate in the slot with Cooper Cup, who again primarily plays from the slot. I mean, they they can coexist. 
This Rams offense has been very aggressive, very pass first. It's something you'd just love to see. Also, also, there's this, there's this. Matthew Stafford is a statue. He's not going to take away any pass, pass attempts. No targets will be stripped from these receivers because Stafford decides that he can take it, take off and do it on his own. Yeah, it's a good – and by the way, uh, we, we, there was almost no way heading into week one that Tyler Higby could botch it this time. Wow. And uh, Wow. Like, even for Tyler Higby, someone becoming the most targeted wide receiver in the history of the NFL. And the Rams would rather make Puka Nakua the most targeted receiver in the history of the NFL than target Tyler Higby once. It's <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, Higby can be dropped. He's not even a streamer anymore. It's it's yeah. it's Jover. It's, it's Jover. It's been Jover for him for three or four years. But uh, there's new and exciting ways for Tyler Higby to not get home as a plug-and-play streamer. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Denny. The role did increase in week two. Still not as much as we like to see. Up to, did increase big time in the passing game uh, in tangible ways, too, in terms of targets, uh, in terms of catches. It wasn't just routes. You know, he ran. You know, so many times we're like, I know he had zero catches and, or zero <laughs> targets, but he ran 14 routes, and that's really cool. You know, like, and then the next week, like, listen, the routes stay. I know he had another donut, but the routes are really good. We Jameer call that. Gibb, we call that the Kyle Pitts cope. Exactly, exactly. Jameer Gibbs, in tangible ways, receptions, targets. It seems like David Montgomery's going to be out with a horrible thigh bruise, which, again, when, when I've already said this in the podcast this week, but when we talk about a, a bruise for a football player, this is not a normal human bruise. This is David <laughs> Montgomery's entire thigh is probably just covered in black and blue. and. We're getting mixed signals, but he's probably not going to play this week. What were you going to say, Denny? Yeah, it's it's the kind of bruise where if I had that bruise, I would very kindly ask the doctors to amputate my leg. So you honestly would probably be in a wheelchair or at least on crutches. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. And so when you say it's a bruise for David Montgomery, like, oh, he's going to play through a bruise. He's probably not going to play through this bruise. But we also don't know. Keep it locked to rotorworld.com for updates on David Montgomery and every injured player this week. But what do we think about the possibility of Jameer Gibbs without David Montgomery? Because we saw Craig Reynolds still mixed in fairly heavily after David Montgomery went down in week two. How excited can we get about Jameer Gibbs without David Montgomery in the lineup? Should mention that Trey Sermon was signed to the Colts practice squad. Could be, uh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. The Colts, it was the the Colts, not the Lions. The Lions made a move. Yeah. Lions made a move. Zonovan Knight. Bam Knight. Knight. Trey Sermon was the Colts move. Bam <laughs> Knight, not just the practice squad, to the active roster for the Detroit Got those Lions. transactions mixed up. Uh, yeah, so Bam Knight uh, is, is you know, on the active roster, whatever. We know that uh, Montgomery's probably going to miss this this week. Here, here's, the, here's the thing about Gibbs. I know I know we just poo-pooed usage, but I'm going to go with my, what I have um, with usage-wise. Uh, in week one, Gibbs ran a route on only 19% of the team's dropbacks, which is really not great. Two targets uh, against the Seahawks. In week two, Gibbs ran a route on 57% of the dropbacks. That's a huge reason why he saw nine targets, caught seven of them. You forget about the Craig Reynolds stuff. I mean, Craig Reynolds is, is going to mix in. He's going to get a lot of between the 20 stuff. Um, that's fine. We'll take that. I think Gibbs is a, is a starting starting player in 12 team leagues because of that pass game usage. One thing though, it would be cool if Gibbs got any, any action inside the 10 yard line, because so far they have very uh, willy, willfully made sure that he's not on the field near the, near the goal line. 
I think Gibbs, I might go all in and project kind of like old timey DeAndre Swift usage. Not what we saw with the Eagles where he's getting 30 carries, but old timey where it's like 16 to 20 touches, but they're all pretty high value. I think I might have Gibbs in the top 12, just to be honest this week. I think part of that is because running back is a fallout zone. It's real crazy after like the top nine or 10 where the situation is seriously just messed up at running back. I'm going through this. I don't even know what to think about any of this stuff. Zach Moss is in the top 20. It's like Isaiah Pacheco's barely usable. Like what, what even is going on at this position, man? Like what is any of it? Raheem Mostert I have in the top 20. Kyron Williams is like pushing for RB1 value. What We used to be a country. Yeah, we used to we used to be people who drafted running backs early, and now we now look at us. And then Najee Harris can't even get in the top twenty-four. How could you? Yeah, it's true. How could you? I don't. Any I feel like the show shouldn't be over yet. Do you have any final thoughts on anything? Anything you need to get off your chest? How are the regression files going? Oh yes, regression files are 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 thick this week. You know we <laughs> we have we have a lot of files to share. Uh, Three thousand words worth of regression files. And uh, yeah, so that'll be on the site on Wednesday, looking at all positions, who is, you know, running way too hot, who is running way too cold, what to do with them in redraft and, you know, a little, little DFS uh, angle as well. So check that out. Regression files. It'll be up Wednesday morning. Who's someone running really cold that's going to bounce back in week three? That's a good question. Let me look at my regression files. Uh, let's see. Oh, AJ Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ Brown for sure. Uh, also, uh, Michael Pittman is kind of running cold uh, uh, when you when you take into account his usage. Uh, like it's I, I don't know if it's if it's just him, it's the offense or whatever. But like if if his usage keeps up at this clip, no matter who's at quarterback, things are it's going to be really good for Pittman. I am catastrophically wrong. We talked about me running pure. I'm catastrophically wrong on Pollard and Pittman because Pitt, Pittman could be like a top fifteen receiver. If this keeps up and I know week two was like 56 yards, whatever, you're not writing home about it, but just, you know, keep the faith on Pittman. I do think that's maybe the going to be the Achilles heel for Pittman is uh, he's not good. (laughs) 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 He's he is. He's good at getting targets, which as we know is a skill. He's never really done a whole lot with the targets and he seems like he's doing less as his career goes on instead of more. Well, that was never part of my calculus, his skill set. <laughs> I don't Someone who's good at the economy does need to tell us if Michael Pittman is good. Man, back-to-back years, including this year, of being under 10 yards per catch. That is really hard to do a wide receiver. Like yeah. really, and A lot of it's how they are using him, of course. And it's kind of like the extension of the running game nonsense type targets. But, man, I'd like to see some explosiveness whatsoever. No, no, you're not going to get any of that. No, that that's not happening. But it's okay. Look, this Colts defense is really bad. That 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 could be end up being really significant for Richardson, for Pittman, and for eventually maybe Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, CJ Stroud dropped almost 400 on this Colts defense, Ooh. as Denny just referenced. So we'll be back to preview the Colts. We'll be back to preview the Texans on Thursday. We'll be previewing every team in the league as we get ready. Get fantasy managers ready for week three, doing all sorts of stuff on the site. Denny's regression files. My rankings will be coming out. Kyle's waiver wired is out. Mm-hmm. Two or three articles every day from our entire staff. Really, really good stuff. Keep it locked, of course, to the news feed. Big injury week. For Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. Thanks for listening. We will be back later.
Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.